Hey guys, this is Zach with Misplay Mondays. Welcome to the cleanup step, or cleanup, however you want to put it. Uh, bringing you our weekly podcast. Here I'm with JT and Travis. Hey, hey guys, what's up? Little little life updates uh, before we get into the bulk of our episode here. I am existing. I'm working at track season, so that's that's been the primary focus of the past week for myself, getting everybody get their track spikes in. Travis, on the other hand, has been doing the actual cleanup step. Travis has been cleaning up baby stuff, um, and I've been cleaning up my apartment for my move, impending move on Thursday. Uh, so that's fun. <laughs> yep, little man's getting chunky. Uh, he's putting on some weight. His little onesies aren't fitting him anymore, which is good news. Uh, that's pretty much the number one thing you want to look for when you have a preemie is make sure he's gaining weight and getting bigger. And it's funny because he's actually... We we had to put him sideways in uh, his pack-and-play because he didn't fit long ways and he was like rolling around too much. Not rolling around because obviously I don't roll around. Speaking of which... Uh, but uh, now his head touches one side and his feet touch the other side, so we're going to have to switch him because he's now big enough to fit in his back and play. Um, and uh, he did roll over for the first time yesterday, uh, which is ridiculously early. Um, he kind of like got momentum going and then like was crying and then oof, went over. And I was like, oh, God, now we got to watch for this because he can't get off his belly. Okay. So we started, we started tummy time with him. and. It's gonna be a good time. He's he's progressing very quickly. Maybe he maybe your dream will come true. He'll be like six months old and four foot two, going goo goo gaga. I did I did have a dream that uh, he was like he was four two at six months old, and he kind of spoke but didn't really speak. So I'd be like, "Hey Asher, how are you today?" And he'd be like, "I'm good, Dad." Goo goo gaga. I'm like, "What the hell?" It was a weird dream. I was waiting for Asher to be able to speak for the first time and be like. What up, motherfucker? Just have the most <laughs> where, deep baritone. Where, <laughs> just where? Feed me, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. That's just like uh, the baby. You stick a little baby translator around him, and it's just he's going wham. It's just the deepest, the deepest sultry voice. Feed me, feed me, Seymour. He's a reincarnation of the guy who played Chef from uh, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, thank you. Oh man. As long as he's not a Scientologist, we'll, we'll, we'll love and accept him. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. So, a little bit of uh, some cool news coming out of the pipeline. We got our first look at Commander Legends Battle of Boulder's Gate. Super excited for this Commander Legends set. I liked Adventures from the Forgotten Realm from a design standpoint, because I love Dungeons & Dragons. And now we're getting a Commander-focused set, which I think fits it better than a standard set. Before we go uh, on for the magic aspect of it, has anybody played Baldur's Gate the game? I own uh, all of them on Steam. Do you? I, yeah. I I have not. They're I fun. tried them, the, what, the original two? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were a little too intense uh, Dungeons & Dragons old school style for me. Okay, so it, it does have, it is pretty much the same relation, D&D, Baldur's Gate. Because I, I, I knew the Baldur's Gate. I wonder if the story, how close the storylines are going to be. To, to That's the reason I asked, is I oh. was curious how the how close the storylines are going to be to the game and the story. To, oh, they're not? It's, okay. It's not, yeah. There's not going to be a story for the yeah. set. 
and the story Baldur's is it's just set in in Baldur's Gate. Yeah, and oh, okay. I also think if I remember correctly, the games on your computer, like the original point and click kind of style games, mm-hmm. were two point rules. Yeah, they were rough. They uh, were hard. The, they were yeah. they they required too much um, too much effort for me to like them. <laughs> um, that's not to say that they aren't fantastic games, and that I that you like if you don't if you like them you're insane. No, they just they just weren't my style. Yeah. I wanted to okay. try three, uh, and that's that's out now, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's yeah. actually in fifth edition. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to try three. Yeah, because um, I know fifth edition well enough that I understand how it works, and like, I'm gonna give that a shot. You're not googling what Thaco means. Yeah, to hit armor class zero. No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, awful, awful stuff. But anyways, we're getting some cool reprints. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, most notably, my favorite reprint we're getting is Lightning Bolt. Solely because of the sketch, like, rulebook art. I just, that's so iconic looking. I love that we're getting Fireball, Fireball and Lightning Bolt, two mm-hmm. iconic D&D spells. Well, Fireball specifically is an iconic D&D spell that is just, generally speaking, too powerful for standard. Yeah. It's, at a minimum, in a standard environment, it's a two-for-one, or it's a... And Lightning Bolt, they've just decided, is never hitting standard again. Uh, It's not for the foreseeable future. Understandable. And this is the perfect place. These cards are ones that belong in that, in that, uh, that art treatment. And I also like that they're bringing back an art style treatment. Um, I feel like the art, well, the art treatments that they've been doing, they, you know, they have two and three a set. Um, I like bringing them back, you know. Like, I think that's cool. More cards in, in, in old arts, in previously done styles is neat. Yeah, and these were the arts that I went after with that I went and bought myself outside of the module lands, because I, I like those. Can we say that I'm a little sad that it appears that we are not getting module lands for, I know, for right? these for these rares? That would be kind of cool. That I don't be... you know, like, especially you know reflecting they... Go ahead, Travis. Oh, sorry. You know what they did mess up, though? Fireball's flavor text should have been, how big's the room? Fuck it. I cast Fireball anyway. <laughs> I've said that a time <laughs> or two in my life. Yes, you have. I've been there. <laughs> That's funny. Uh... What, what is the flavor text? The orchard soon reeked of sulfur, smoke, and scorched bugbear with just a hint of peach. <laughs> That's, That's pretty not good. bad. That's not That's bad. Pretty good. Yeah. Still pretty good. So those are lightning bolt at common, fireball at uncommon. Uh, lightning bolt's never been anything but common. I do. No, believe. it's been uncommon in a lot of master sets. In master sets. Yeah. Okay. So the the trick being that the rarity of lightning bolt is dependent on the the limited play environment that you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Based on that and lightning bolt at common, this is going to be a high powered limited set designed. Well, it's also a commander set, so like they want you to have lightning bolt. I guess. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Well, if I've uh, ever played a deck that plays four of Lightning Bolt, I'm playing that one. This is also going to tank the value up. Like, this will be the cheapest Lightning Bolt, I think. Um, Probably. Because they're usually like two bucks a piece. One, or, uh, if, if I'm correct, they've historically been like a valuable common. 
Yeah, the cheapest bolt right now is about two bucks. Um, and that's pretty much across the board. You can get them for a little cheaper, like a buck yeah. fifty for damaged ones, but lightning bolt as a card uh is generally a two dollar card. It sees play in legacy, it sees play in modern, so yeah, but it sees I mean it sees a fair amount of play in modern. Like it's it's a good card. Yeah. Um so and that's even with like a hundred different printings or whatever mm-hmm. there are. I mean, we even got the Strixhaven Mystical Archive one, uh-huh. which are gorgeous, but those are rare. Yeah, but rare is a free rare, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like uh, one of those. So, so, so cards. seeing this sucker at um, at common leads me to believe that we may I may drop the price down to, you know, 50 cents. Pick them up. Yeah. They don't trade down that for very long. I mean, even still, like if you pick up a hundred copies of Bullet at twenty-five cents to fifty cents, and then they go back up to two dollars at some point, Mm -hmm. because it could be a while before we get another reprint. Yeah. Yes. It's not a terrible spec target, just because it's a it should be cheap to pick up, or even just you know grab your draft chaff. Yeah. All right. The next big reprint we're getting, we're getting the Battle Bond multiplayer lands. Bountiful Promenade, Luxury Suite, Morphic Bowl, Sea of Clouds, and Spire Garden. Heard what a great uh, Crowdlands. Crowdlands. What a great set of reprints for a set. Because we got the other five lands in the last Commander Legends. Mm-hmm. So reprinting them in a Commander Legends 2 set just seems top notch. Mm-hmm. And the artwork is pretty pretty I like this artwork better than the Battle Bond versions. Assuming we don't have production issues with Commander Legends Bowder's Gate, Mm -hmm. Zach and I were talking earlier, we think, I mean, I think that we're going to see the same prices uh, of these lands as we do of um, the original Commander Legends uh, enemy colored ones. So we're seeing the five, in the five to ten dollar range, which is going to be a nice drop from the 20 to 30 that we're seeing currently. I'm glad I sold pickups. my luxury suite. Perfect pickups for like, uh, for like, like non top tier commander decks. Yeah, I, I definitely made the mistake of not picking up as many of these as I could back when they were five and six dollars before, and I'm not going to be making that mistake again. Yeah, these go in these go in Mel's Dragon deck because they're nice and easy for her to understand. They always come into play untapped, and they all, all they yep. do is tap for two colors. And it's- it's it's a non-fetchable dual land in yeah. any commander deck. Until you kill all the rest of your opponents except for one. I've done that. <laughs> that feels bad. That is a stupid <laughs> bad moment. You're like, oh, my mana. Oh, wait. Shit. <laughs> uh, and so, and these are getting the full art treatment as well. Uh, just super nice borderless, very clean looking. Really like them. And then the last big reprint, which I didn't realize was such a big reprint until I recently looked, was Reflecting Pool. It's a $30. It's around $30, depending on the version you get and the condition. Uh, And that's another great commander card, because it just says, if you have a command tower out, you have two rainbow lands that don't hurt you, like City of Brass or Mana Confluence. If you, I mean... Uh, here's the thing that I really liked about it. I actually got to play one last night. I was playing with my Slivers deck, and my opening hand was almost uh, almost amazing. Um, 
I had uh, Sliver Hive, uh, Unclaimed Territory, Plains, um, Crystalline Sliver, and um, Nature's Lore, and uh, Farseek. I'm like, there's one, and one other card that, oh, and Sliver Queen. I'm looking at the hand like, wow, this hand is great. This is fantastic. Uh, keep. Hard, hard keep. And I look at it after I've kept and started and played my first land. I'm like, oh no, I don't actually have green mana <laughs> for non-creatures. <laughs> um, and then don't you know, I draw a reflecting pool um, for my first turn. I'm like, hell, for a uh, second turn. Rather, I'm like, hell yeah. Because with all those, you know, tap to make one mana of any color with like conditions on it. Reflecting pool is just a, is just a complete tap to make one of any color mana, and it's completely salvaged my game. <laughs> That's good. I remember playing reflecting pool with like the vivid, vivid series. You, yes, that was, they were in the same set. They were in the same set, so you played those, so you'd have lands that came to play on tap that were just every color. It was wonderful. And that was, was the was that the last time that reflecting pool got a reprint? Yes, outside uh, of it got anything in like a special, right? And Let's see here. I'm actually curious about that. Oh, no, it's actually not correct. It was reprinted in Conspiracy. Ah. That was the last time it got reprinted. Okay. Before that, it was Shadow Mark. Yeah. They weren't in the same set. They were in the same block. Block. Yeah. It's, we're yeah, not used to having blocks anymore. Yeah. You know, I think one thing they could have reprinted if they chose not to do Reflecting Pool was Forbidden Orchard. That card's getting pricey. No, it's not. Forbidden Orchard? It's Buck. No, that's Exotic Orchard. Oh, Forbidden Orchard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a card they should have put somewhere. That's a card that should be on the list in the Gava set. Because uh, yeah. it makes 1-1 one, one spirits. But yeah, I could see yeah. that. Yeah. I picked one up uh, in Roanoke, SCG Roanoke. and Oh, wow. I... that's Yeah, that's a card I haven't even thought of in years. Yeah. It, it sees play in Legacy and Vintage for Oath of Druids. Oh, it got it got printed. It got reprinted in Commander twenty sixteen. Uh, weird things like it's uh, less expensive than. Um, oh really? Yeah, it's only twenty bucks. Oh good. And then I, I got a heck one. of a deal on it because I think I traded like some jank to this kid who was trying to finish Tron, and I had parts of Tron decks that he needed. Well, I mean, Forbidden Orchard. Did you get the Commodore one or the uh, Commander twenty sixteen? I, I. They're both nice arts. I think that's yeah. really cool. And I think it also got an expedition. I might be wrong. It did, it but did. that was the originals and the original yeah. uh, expeditions. And it's so that's worth roughly a kidney. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, if a kidney is only one hundred and six bucks, I'll, I'll go buy a couple of kidneys. Okay, and now we're on a list. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's. If we weren't on that list already. What? Yeah, true. Uh, what other with? JT kind of hinted at a high power set with Lightning Bolt being in a common, but what other kinds of reprints do you think we could get out of this commander set? And the other thing that I was thinking that is interesting to think about with this question is they, they showed us um, Fireball and Lightning Bolt that get our cards that are from D&D that now can get the D&D uh, treatment. So what other spells from Magic have uh, D&D analogs that we can now get. Counterspell. 
Oh magic yeah, mi- magic missile. They printed that. Well, yeah, we already got that. But... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have already printed it. Oh, were you? No. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking what spells you know have they printed from D and D into magic. But like, no, we're trying to uh, what cards that have like not from the last D and D set. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh that's a good question. Oh, uh, that is a good question. I don't have a PHP in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Counterspell would be sweet. Um, yeah, I think uh, counterspell with a with that uh, picture would make for a really cool. It's a it's a great reprint for Commander. Yeah, and also would be cool in that like uh, that style. Hmm. Huh. I'm I'm now just bringing up the spell index. Yeah, I'm looking at the spell list. Too. <laughs> See, I thought this was a cool question. You know, this is, I, um, uh, you could you could think. make. You could do clone because that's kind of like uh, there's some spells like that. So you could do a clone in that art. That'd be kind of neat. Or like phantasmal image. That'd be a cool reprint because that'd be like a mirror image. Oh man, there's so many. Uh, is Ooh, com- chaos bolt? That's a cool spell. Mm-hmm. Command, uh, like ray of command. Ray, of, ray command. of command. Is that a, is that a is that a D and D spell? It's, they call it command, but you could pretty much reprint it that way. Just call it command. I mean, you could do that with a lot of these things, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, darkness. Uh, you can go the Pokemon route. Animate sleep. Dead. Animate dead. Animate dead sleep. is a spell uh, in D- in Dungeons and Dragons, so we yeah. could. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a sweet reprint for sure. Yeah. I'd like to see some artifacts get this treatment. Like, you know, uh, even if it was something like, and it, they'll never do this, but like if they did Umazawa's Jete in that kind of treatment, I think it would look cool. Uh, there's a, there is a lot of, I we could go through this all day. Uh, yeah, there's a, mostly because there's a lot of spells in D&D. Yeah. Um, but in there's D&D, not a lot of... Uh, there's not necessarily a lot of spells that exist in D and D that are that were already printed as spells in Magic. Yeah, which is oh, Chain Lightning's one, but we're already getting Lightning Bolt. So yeah, yeah. they're not going to both. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I think it'd be pretty cool. I think they could even just pull spells from the PHB and make them. Well, they're going to the yeah, yeah, because I mean, like look at look at Imprisonment. It's a ninth level spell, and it's literally just a you know heavy chains firmly rooted in the ground hold the target in place the target is restrained until the spell ends and it cannot move or be moved by any means until then uh that that's literally just like a tap target creature doesn't untap during its main step i cast Around. zone of truth uh, <laughs> is that like uh praetor's grasp you get to look through everybody's library <laughs> are you telling uh, me the truth i don't know Can i feel like the, i feel like zone of truth would be a sweet white enchantment that has some sort of staxy or prison effect to it. Yeah. Like, or a, or it's a blue enchantment that makes opponents play with their hands revealed. See, that's so what I was thinking. I, was I mean, that's like, just telepathy, though. Like, yeah, that is telepathy. That would be a cool one for them to do. Ooh, uh, somebody was asking me, it was, was mentioning this last night, I think it was uh, Eric, who had the idea of, like, uh, but this was for his thought process was for uh, the upcoming modern horizon, modern uh, 
Lord of the Rings set where you could where they could potentially be using uh, the triangle and the the uh, the Godzilla style things. I think it would be really cool to do um, the Godzilla style rename the card. Uh, you could call it telepathy, but then just do zone of truth. You could just rename existing magic cards that do the uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing really well. Oh, that's true. And yeah. just rename them temporarily. Like mass Ooh. suggestion could be mass manipulation. Uh huh. This could about, be a really cool secret layer. You know? How about Hunter's Mark? Now, here's a question. I think they did I, print a Hunter's Mark. Did they? Yeah, in the first Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Did they really? Was yes, it as did, broken? Actually. Was it as broken as the one that I am thinking of? Uh, the spell Ooh. costs three less to cast if it targets a blue creature you don't control. The spell can't be countered. Target creature you control gets plus one plus one in a turn. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planes of weapon you don't control. Yeah, that's fair. That's pretty good. Hunter. Okay, so they did do hunter's mark. Okay, well at least I was on the on the right page. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, just a year behind. That's okay. I'm fine <laughs> with that. So outside of cool D and D spells. Mm-hmm. What kind of commander cards do you want to see reprinted? Because like last Commander's Legends, we got Mana Drain, Vampire Tutor, stuff like that. Heavy hitters. So I don't think we're gonna get a whole lot. Of- you think we're gonna get mostly some new stuff? I think it's gonna be focused on the new stuff. Um, I don't think we're getting Jewel Lotus, guys. <laughs> That's okay. I mean. Get reprinting Jeweled Lotus into the dust would be a good thing because that card is too expensive. But uh, agreed. What is it up to? Like a hundred and some bucks now? That's at least ninety. Yeah, I've opened two or three of them at this point. Well, if you're doing Baldur's Gate, do you think that they would do like strictly from the Balt? Well, no, you said it doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's just the location. All right. Never yeah. mind. So, I mean, like, they're going to print characters for sure. Yeah. Saravok yeah. Enchev apparently is the chief antagonist. Yeah, very, very likely going to be that. It's almost, it's more based on what the uh, the live stream said. They're not, it's not Bowder's Gate 3 mm-hmm. necessarily, but there's going to be a lot of characters from Bowder's Gate 3 because we're in Bowder's Gate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um it's not the it's not a D and D it's not Baldur's Gate three the magic set. It's Commander Legends with a focus on the legends part. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Uh speaking of new cards that we get, uh and legends, Minsk and Boo, Timeless Heroes. Um it's a red green planeswalker that can be your commander, and when it comes into play, or at the beginning of your upkeep, uh, you get to make a boo hamster uh, one one red hamster token with haste and trample, and the pl- it's got a plus one ability and a minus two ability. The plus one is put three plus one plus one counters on target creature with haste or trample, and the minus two is sacrifice a creature. When you do, it deals. Uh, X damage to any target, I believe. Yep. And if it's a hamster, you get, or if it's boo, uh, it's one of the two. Uh, if you sacrifice your your hamster token, you get to draw cards equal to its power. Yes. Uh, that 
I'm going to be honest with you. This didn't seem super impressive the first time I read through it, but the more I started thinking about it, this thing is this thing is a four mana planeswalker that on its first turn makes a four four. On its second turn, it deals four damage to any target and draws you four cards. And it's in your command zone if you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, those two things. So the those two abilities making a four four to protect itself with trample and haste. That's not nothing. That's almost legacy playable. Yeah. And then the second ability uh, that allows you to sack it to fling the sack creature to fling it, um, and also draw cards um, feels pretty good. Yeah. Um, I could see this card making its way into um, into like a, a Nick Fit style deck where mm-hmm. you want to sacrifice your uh, a couple of your creatures like your your uh, ex- explorers, That's veteran explorers and uh, your arena rector, your arena rectors. Yeah. So like I could see this doing some things. Yeah, um, get some damage on the way out. Yeah, just because the and it leaves you with a four four. Like it's just it's got some good modes that uh, it it protects itself. Like mm-hmm. like it it automatically makes a creature, even if that's the only thing that you do uh, with it. The first that you play it, it makes a one one. You sacrifice uh, you sacrifice your you know arena rector to go grab uh, the. Arena Rector or something else, and then you get a perpetual free blocker every turn with this. Um, if you have a sacrifice outlet, or you know, like it, it protects itself for free, which that's really important. Yeah, uh, seems kind of like that. I think it's worth checking a look at. Like, I don't. There's not really a, a shell for it right now, and that's fine. Um, but I think it's I think it's power level is high enough that it could see play. Yeah, and the art considered someone should look at awesome. it. Yeah, and the art on the borderless full art version is awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan of Minsk. Minsk yeah. and Boo. They're one of the few characters that I remember from my uh, college roommate playing this game. Actually, they're yeah. the only character that I remember from from playing my roommate playing Baldur's Gate one and two. They were so memorable. I mean, he was. I can still kind of hear the guy's voice yes. in my head. Yes, yeah. me too. <laughs> it, it, that's what I remember the most. Um, some of the other cool cards we got two, three other cards spoiled. Uh-huh. Sort of. Uh, let's wand of wonder. This one you get from picking up the boulder, the commander legend battle of Baldur's Gate bundle. And, oh, you can get the alternate art version of it if you pick up the bundle. Uh, I wasn't impressed by this card. No, but they did a good neat. job. It's neat, yeah. They did a good job of designing it specifically for play in Commander. Mm-hmm. Like this card does. It, this card is only good in Commander. Yeah. Uh, because the the dice rolling matter is zero percent in a uh, in a standard game. So one v one. Yes. So you know it. it you can get some cool spells. You might get an extra turn. You might get to do some ramp. I mean, yeah, it, I, it, I can see this card, card being 
cool in Commander, and like that, it just speaks to me that the design team for Commander is is growing better at making a card that's good for Commander without making it broken and, and competitive. Yes, uh, the, I I expect to see a lot less uh, uh, the pirate the hall breachers, and uh, I expect to see a lot less hall breachers and a lot less dual lotuses this time around. Yes, uh, what I also like about the Wonder Wonder is it gives red something to do on other people's turns other than like chaos warp so you're like oh let me let me see what's in everybody's library oh i hit the counter spell for your big spell let me counter that or you know hey, give me a second something about that didn't sit right uh i just want to i just need to read wand of wonder yep four tap roll a d20 for each opponent each opponent exiles from the top of their library until they exile instant or sorcery card then shuffles the rest into their library. You may cast up to X instant or sorcery spells from among them, among the exile cards this way without paying their mana costs. There's oh, no okay, so you could cast the sorceries in instant speed. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, this will probably slot right into my Magda deck because it's neat, it's fun, I can tutor it up. It's super cool. Oh, uh, speaking of speaking of Commander... I died last night to uh, to the dream, the Saturo Umbazawa dream. Okay. Uh, somebody uh, ninjutsu in a blight steel on me. I was in a commanding board presence, uh, and I just didn't have any flyers. And he just tagged with a little one. One, I'm like, okay, what's he gonna? What's the worst that could happen? Oh, I, I die instantly. That's yeah. the answer. A giant robot got dropped on your head. Yeah. Just crushed. That that reminds me of when we were playing and I had my Judith deck built and Travis was hitting you with a 10-9, the Artisan of Kozilek, oh, or 9-10. And I was like, Tainted Strike. That Take was 10 impact. That was awful. <laughs> I've never uh, I lost that game, but it, Yeah, you did. I won more late. I won more early. I was not happy about that. No. Um I uh, how about Elder Brain? I am I am getting the uh, how do I get the coolest one? Oh, that's the buy a box promo. Okay, buy, so well, I mean, you're gonna buy a box, so you might as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm. This goes right into Nekusar, like hands yeah. down. Yeah, that card. So, uh, Elder Brain. When it attacks, you exile the player's hand that you're attacking, and then they draw that many cards. And you, for as long as those cards remain exiled, you can play them by paying their mana costs uh, with mana of any color. Yes. So. That's awesome. There's there's no two ways around it. That's just it's just a sweet effect. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's six, a seven, six for seven with menace too. So yeah. it's not. Um, this might even go in my Vela deck. It's just a fun, fun, fun magic card for the person who's attacking, yes. uh, and it doesn't leave to too many feels bads for the for the defending player. Because, they get to draw some cards. Yeah, they get the they get to refill their hand, uh, at least. Yeah. You know, if they have those couple game ender spells in there, you're like, oh, well, next turn, yeah, sure, I'll cast that crater hoof. Well, I mean, the other thing is like, you get to play the the political game of trying to trick your opponent into attacking you when you have a bad hand. It's like, no, don't attack me. That would be terrible. You could get all of my good spells that aren't actually lands. <laughs> it's three uh, land hand that I that I have left over, and then yes, oh, please, spells. please don't attack me. Yeah, uh, or I'll, I'll let you attack me. I have two chump blockers. Let me 
ditch these two lands and pick up two cards that might be worthwhile. It could get you some. Yeah, you it can get some. It's a cool card. I think it, yeah. I, like that's what we're gonna see. I, Gavin and Melissa DeToro um, are on the case for making cool, fun commander cards. Have you watched any of their videos where they go through old commander decks and talk about basically what was done wrong? No, I should check. There are long videos, but they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, one oh, of the cool things. Like old uh, precons. The, oh, they, they go through the history of all the commander decks that have been printed. Okay, um, and they they talk about them through a, a lens of like with the with the new terminology that they have. So they look at things like um, what kind does this the cards quest? Does a card give you a quest to go on? Uh, like does does it tell a story? Like um, just new ways that they're thinking about designing cards. Like uh, when you make a legendary creature should inspire you to do something it should give you a little like this is you should be doing this kind of a thing um or at least give you ideas of how to start it and that's the kind of stuff that we're getting so like wand of wonders uh and elder brain feel very much a part of this style yeah versus like the original decks where they're like here's a tracks <laughs> yeah yeah and they uh <laughs> Uh, well, they, they also have like conversations on how cohesive the theme decks are. Um, like, so the four color decks in particular, they had some. There, there were some very good ones and some very bad ones. Uh, like Saskia the Unyielding was uh, Orgo in combat, and that one was pretty cool. But then you had Yidris's deck, which was just everything but uh, everything except for white. And yeah. it was just a, a mishmash of powerful cards. Uh, and I'm glad they're looking back at it because then that way these precons feel a little more balanced, I guess, better. Because yeah. like when you got those ones, the Sasuke one was about attacking, but then you know Yidris was like, "Here's four color good stuff." Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is one of the things that's interesting is that they've. They're waffling between four decks and five decks mm-hmm. and two decks. Yeah. Uh, Magic wants things to be in fives because there are five colors. Yes. Uh, so everything everything can have a cycle. And they're really trying to figure out how to make uh, four decks work and keep them balanced, right? Yeah, because it's a four-player format, so you can yes, buy all the... four of them, sit down with your three buddies, I want to play this one, shuffle it up, and go. Exactly. And they're really working on stuff like that to uh, to kind of get it to a place where those where you that's what we're getting with this Commander Legends are four decks, and they're designed to play with each other and be at the same roughly the same power level. That was another problem with some of the older decks, is that one, one of them was just obscenely worse than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh and like they would work on it, but um but yeah. So uh but uh we got moving on to the uh next card here. We got Ancient Brass Dragon. This card perfect. is sweet. Yes, perfect Love card. That card. Perfect card for a dragon deck. 
will 100% be going into uh, Travis's wife's deck. Oh, yeah. So uh, it is the first non-changeling, non-legendary creature to be an elder. It is Ancient Brass Dragon. Uh, I think it signals to me that we're going to get a full cycle of ancient uh, metallic dragons. I would love it. Yeah, they're all going to be. Uh, they've got to be elders. Like I think, I think we're getting a cycle of mythic dragons, and that. I mean, it's Dungeons and Dragons, so you got to have dragons, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So, it's a seven mana, five and two black, seven six with flying, and its ability is amazing. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Whenever ancient brass dragon deals damage, combat damage to a player, roll a d twenty. When you do, put any number of target creature cards with total mana value X or less from graveyards under the battlefield onto the battlefield under your control where X is the result. So that's just so much value. Mel, mm -hmm. uh, how many times is Mel sad when her dragons die or she gets milled? This is this is the oh, perfect yeah. card to get some stuff back. All right, guys. So I also agree that I think we're going to see Elder Dragons. Not entirely sure if they're all going to be metallic, but... Well, we got a cycle of non-metallics in... We got, we got all the chromatic dragons. In the chromatic dragons, set. that's true. So, if we are doing a cycle of all metallic dragons, what do you guys think? There are nine different types. There's, there's, there's five primary ones. Gold, silver, bronze, copper, brass. Yeah, those are the five that we're going to see. Those are the primary ones. But then there's mercury, iron, steel, and platinum. Well, we got a platinum one. Yeah, and if your DM makes you fight a mercury dragon, they're wrong. <laughs> now we're going to see dragon. That's true. Oh, I, I'm reading it right now. Mercury dragons are whimsical, impulsive creatures. They delight. They delighted in unpredictably, unpredictability, and were reputed to be mentally unstable. <laughs> uh, we also funny. magic already has a quicksilver dragon which by the way is just another name for mercury yep uh, oh really i didn't know that mm -hmm. it was from uh onslaught i believe yeah so we're thinking yeah. what gold silver bronze copper brass yes absolutely yes no and question did we like, get yeah ancient because we got a young gold dragon, didn't we? We got an adult one, but yeah, yeah. we're gonna—they're just gonna do—we're gonna do ancients for all of them. No question, those are gonna be the ones. The question is—is is it gonna be one for each uh, color? Color? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Copper would, copper would probably be red. Gold would be white. Uh, I think copper is green. Copper green? Yeah. I mean, well, you copper's got the red. Like well, co brass, well, copper. Yeah. Uh, copper turns green. <laughs> maybe it's bronze that turns green. Which one's which one? No, it's copper. Copper, because that's what the Statue of Liberty is made out of. Yeah, it's oh. copper. But the Statue of Liberty is made out of bronze. Nope. Nope. Uh, all right. Well, JT scours Google. I, I'm excited <laughs> to see what they do. I hope they keep them all equally as powerful as mythics. Yeah. I hope they all have a roll a d20 kind of thing. Oh, me too. Yeah. That would be great. So much fun. I mean, ancient brass right like you you cheat this out in the play with like a reanimator kind of thing. Just so much fun right there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I if I would, yeah. This this card just screams Dungeons and Dragons to me. The artworks mm -hmm. are great. The 
I will say I like the full art version of this one better than the sketch art version of this one because it's just so imposing looking. Uh, yep. Yeah, of the uh, rule book version. Yep. yep. The full and art also... versions. Uh, so that's another indication that we're getting a full cycle of these cards. Yeah. Uh, they don't usually do the full art versions of cards that aren't planeswalkers or like an iconic cycle. Uh, what were you going to say, Travis? Oh, no, that I was just going to say um, uh, I, I love that it's from graveyards. Not from yes. your graveyard, from yeah. all graveyards. And also, um, I can see after this gets put into the wife's deck, her rolling ones and twos the entire time and just being extremely frustrated should get and saying it's a terrible card. <laughs> I mean, it's also just going to be hitting for... Uh, for seven, right? Seven, but in her deck, it'll be hitting for 14 with double strike. Which means she, she gets, gets to roll twice. twice. Yes, true. But is anybody else shocked that this isn't a legendary creature? No. No. Is it is it the first non-legendary Elder Dragon? Yes. yes. I okay. even said that. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I must yeah. have been reading. Yeah. Interesting. So, I am... It's the first non-legendary non-changeling Elder. Oh, you did say that. I remember the non-changeling. Yeah, you're right. My apologies. Good so, stuff. So I don't know if you guys have been scouring how much you guys go on the MTG Reddit. Oh, wow. I, I, <laughs> I, I do, too. Um... Do you think we're going to get the Dockside reprint some people are clambering for? And uh, I do the Twitter. Is so. Alder's Gate Dockside? Like, is it? <laughs> uh, I think it has a dock. I can't remember. It's been uh, so long. Well, if it does, um, I'm hoping that we do. Um, yeah, because that card's $80 or something. It's expensive. Like, yeah, I know. I, I know it is. Uh, it, it needs a reprint. It's super popular. Um, especially in the CEDH cycles or circles, and it, it could use a reprint. I, I think it's a fine card that they could reprint. If they wanted to upshift it to Mythic, I'd be okay with that. Just we need more copies of it. It would be a great chase card. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to answer your question, yes, Baldur's Gate has a huge dock area. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you look up the map of Baldur's Gate, it's about a third water. Oh. Um, so Dockside Extortionist would be an excellent fit for the set if goblins are in the setting. As I mean, a, goblins as and a D&D not, go hand in they, hand. They do, but not necessarily as something that lives in a city. True. Uh, true. It's very rare. But you that's the yeah. beauty of D&D. I mean, that of, of real D&D, yes. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see I could see that. Yeah, and um, I think it would still hold a good price tag. I don't think it would drop. I don't care if it does drop. Although, yeah. I, the the problem is, the cheaper it is, the more decks it's going to go in. Yes. And the more likely people are going to be yelling to, to ban it. it. Yeah. So I, a mythic printing gets more copies out there, but isn't going to drop the price below like 40, I think. Yeah, which makes it acceptable. I think. I think upshifting it to mythic and printing it or making it a chase card like uh yeah like jewel lotus would be okay i could see it being a chase card yeah so that is everything boulders gate has given us so far uh i did Uh, there is one there's two more points that i forgot to put on the outline Uh, they're very speculative like um to quote uh blake uh to quote the blake uh 
uh, yeah, whoever's do, Blake, uh, the guy who's doing the live stream, there are no new partners in the set. Okay. Um, he was very specific about no new partners. Uh, and why this is important. That. Oh, no. Why this is important is that the decks are listed at 98 cards. Which oh, used to mean... Oh, no. So the question is... Well, that's the thing, is we don't know what it means. True. Um, one potential option, and this would be kind of sweet. Uh, the partner... Uh, this is this is something I just kind of thought of right now, but the... Uh, we use the Godzilla renaming tactic mm-hmm. on the old partners. Yeah. Oh. And put them in Bowder's Gate uh, put them into Bowder's Gate uh, characters, and you could put them as box topper. Oh no, we're not doing box toppers, but you could put them in the set as uh, as stuff like that. Okay, that's uh, not terrible. Like and you could put them in the commander sets, and you can put them in. Uh, you could even put them in the dual decks, the the commander decks. But that's that's an option. Um, the other thing is that they. Uh, there will not be a prismatic piper. Since this set is this set is designed to be drafted, um, but there will be no their partner is not a mechanic in the set. Okay, so there has to be some card that allows you to fix your draft, and there will be a card that takes its place. I have absolutely no idea what yeah. will be because uh, we don't have a partner. Uh, yeah. Somebody was suggesting something like, uh, kind of like a multi-class uh, ability, where mm-hmm. you draft it and you it, it goes into your command zone, and uh, it's like an enchantment, like that allows you it is partner. It's basically got partner with a legendary creature, mm-hmm. so it would it expand the colors of your deck. But be like a, an enchantment that goes in there, be kind of neat. That is kind of neat. Oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because Prismatic Piper was a neat way to kind of handle that in a draft format. Mm-hmm. Um, some key things to know about Commander Legends Battle for Boulder's Gate. Uh, what what day? What's today's date? We're at the end of March. Uh, May sixteenth is when the preview truly begins. Uh, the 23rd will have a complete gallery of all the cards. Uh, and the worldwide release is the 10th of June. So we have a good bit of time, and I'm sure we'll get some leaks here and there. So what does everyone think about the way they've been doing uh, the leak release schedule? Because it used to be that we'd get all of the previews for one season and then move on to the next season afterwards. Now they're giving us a little bit of something every two weeks or so. Like, every two weeks we have some kind of, you know, uh, pre like information dump to us. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago it was uh, uh, New Capenna's first look. Now we have Baldur's Gate. Two weeks from now it's New Capenna again, uh, and then that'll continue until the end of that spoiler season. Uh and then in two weeks after that, Bowder's Gate reviews start in earnest. Um, how does everyone feel about the the way that they're doing information dumps? I I like it. I, I think it's nice to have that information. It gives you 
time to speculate with your friends and start a podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, regular information dumps is great for the business. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's great for this. So I, I like the way they're doing it. I I have no problem. Continue to do this. This is great. It's better than here's everything kind of all at once. And okay, we're done. Travis? Yeah, um, I kind of agree. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more content for them to have to cover with all the new things that they're doing, such as like Secret Lairs and um, all of the, the sets like Masters, Commanders, all that stuff. Um, so I, I agree 110%. Like it's, it's great content. It keeps you, it keeps you going. Um, I think that was my least favorite part about in between sets back in the day was they, they, they did what one standard set every three months or something like that. Four months roughly. And then you get a, so back in the boomer days, we get three sets a year, every four, once one, every four months, plus in the summertime, every other year we get a core set which yes. wasn't new cards so they just tell us what they were. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the downtime between sets gave you gave you a lot of time to uh solidify a nice deck. <laughs> also forget about, you know, magic for 3 months. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. It was no magic news. It was just, you're just playing. And uh I I kind of like what they're doing now. I mean, I, I like I'd mentioned before, I'm I'm not a big fan of all of the extra bells and whistles that they're putting on, but that's just, you know, me yelling to get off my lawn. Um, what I do like is the fact that, you know, I can literally log onto the internet and say, hey, what's new in Magic today? Not what's new in Magic this month. Um, so speaking of old ways that things were done back in the Boomer days, one of the things that's been really nice is that the steady stream of content from Wizards every two weeks giving us something new information has really i don't know if it's cut caused people not to really care about leaks as much or not care about leaking things as much but we mm-hmm. aren't seeing the full set leaks like we did with uh new phyrexia we're not seeing wizards litigate against people the the biggest change from when i first started paying attention to you know new set magics there was a guy on MTG Salvation known as Rankard Elf uh, who was always in charge of... He was always posting the new spoilers uh, well, like, before preview seasons began. So, like, mm-hmm. in those three months of dead time, like, a month and a half before official spoilers started, and we wouldn't even get the whole set before the pre-release of those days. This oh, Rankard yeah. Elf guy was always posting... Uh, sweet leaks and he actually got litigated against by wizards um and that was a shame because he did so much hype new sets the cool thing is that they've basically started doing that themselves now yeah Uh, they're like this guy it's kind of like when uh the government busts a computer hacker and they're like listen you're pretty good come work for us they just took his idea they were like this is terrible hey guys we should be doing this yeah, exactly. Like, people <laughs> made so many arguments that like this guy. I mean, he didn't actually get he uh, they he didn't get into any serious trouble uh, because they made a deal with him to stop doing it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were going to back off him. And that's what happened. Uh, gotcha. But uh, they have since moved to a 
format where they provide lots more content for the people and they hold our attention more. Yeah. So, oh, it's yeah. It, it's genius marketing because like Travis said, new set came out, you had three months of that set and you didn't think about magic other than playing it. Now you're like planning your purchases, like going to get a box of this, yeah. going to buy singles from this, going to get a box of this, uh-huh. you know, it, 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 I, it is very intelligent. Yes. Uh, kudos to whoever's in charge of that. Whoever came up with that plan. What? The- one thing Wizards is doing well is marketing. Yes. One thing they're not doing well is communicating everything else. Oh, speaking of uh, things that <laughs> we well should put. be paying attention to this week, there is a state of competitive play announcement coming up this week on Thursday. Uh, so they will be announcing some amount of information about the competitive play. Oh, and one other thing I forgot to put on the list. Commander Fests are back. Uh, with the release of Baldur's Gate, we will be getting Commander's Fests. Nice. That was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, We don't have a whole lot of information about them yet, but we are getting them, and they will be coinciding with the release of Baldur's Gate this summer. I hope they do the uh, golden ticket thing they did again, because that was fun. That was a Star City thing. That was. It was, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Star City Games, for their, uh, their Command Fest, they got, was it, two copies of every legendary creature mm-hmm. ever printed in Magic and put one card into an envelope, uh, into each envelope. And every, every like, uh, every event that you played in, uh, above a certain threshold uh, of cost, you got uh, one of these envelopes that could have any legendary creature in all of Magic. So you could open something from... Legends, as I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I, I, I no way. I got one from Homelands. I got Revka Wizard of Depths. I was like, "Oh, it's an old card. Oh, it's an I, old." And card. I have that card in my house right now. That's fine. You can keep it. I will. Uh, but my other card that I got was Nicol Bolas the Ravager, which was a pretty sweet one. That is a good pickup. He went into my Planeswalker deck, and I've been very happy about that. Yeah, um, I, I sat at the table with somebody who opened up an Angus McKenzie. Yeah, that's an expensive card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, w- I but, was hoping to get a Rasputin Dreamweaver. But, uh, yeah, so Commander Fests are back. Um, good stuff. And we, we'll pay attention for for us to talk about this, the the announcement next week. Uh, unless if it's, like, super game-changing or super awful. Uh, we'll, we'll talk we might, about it. We may, we may do a, uh, an in-response, but it, it'll depend on, like, how big and how important it is to talk about. Exactly. Um, but I'm super excited for Commander Legends 2. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. Uh, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate, yep. All right. Before we go on to the next thing, again, Travis, dad joke me. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. You um, are feeling. <laughs> yeah, because I, <laughs> I read a bunch on uh, Friday. And I can't remember what they were. Uh, oh, someone has that brain. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Well, well Travis looks up a dad joke. Um, yes. Has oh, everybody oh no. I, I remembered one. Okay, hit okay. us. How can you tell a dogwood tree from other trees? It's all about the bark. It's all about the bark, baby. Jeez. Uh, well... Travis and I have been enjoying MTGO's God Accounts. 
Oh my we, god, it's been phenomenal. I, I've been having a blast. I 4-1'd with 8-cast, never having played the deck in a Legacy League. That says, I, that says something about that deck, to be quite yes, that Yes, it was incredibly easy to pilot, and the only thing I screwed up was naming Lion's Eye Diamond with Pithing Needle against Ad Nauseum, and I was just like, why did I do As soon as I clicked it, I was like, so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> uh, but I 4 one play Mondays for a reason. Yep, I 4-1'd, had a great time, and then uh, last night, I decided to do a modern league with Tron and had a blast kind of reliving my glory days of modern with a 3 2. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and, that's a, and that's the thing that I, I love about it. Uh, unfortunately, I've done three leagues. Uh, we did have some how technical difficulties. How many matches of, of those uh, leagues? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> I've been working on Jankatorium material, obviously, and I've been having a lot of technical difficulties with my computer for some reason over the past day or two. And so. Um, unfortunately, that content is going to be delayed. However, I want you guys to know that I have played three leagues so far, all in Jankatorium, and have had to drop out in two of them. <laughs> uh, Add two is a is a uh, we we fixed we we did fix the issue, didn't we? Yes, yes, but it was like one in the morning last night, and I was like, guys, I can't, I can't go on. <laughs> no, can't, can't, can't uh, continue that. But it. <laughs> I will say Travis's Jankatorium deck is sweet. Uh, uh, well, Jank? I JC, will say that you it weren't, is... You weren't there for when it actually went off. Yeah, it did do its thing. I did see it do its thing. Uh, we were. I, I am going with Braid of Fire, and I had about 46 mana every single upkeep. Well, I was at 46 mana, and you um, because <laughs> I had three out. Well, I couldn't hit a win con, and then I timed out because... Well, the the technical difficulty was my MTGO was lagging severely, so uh, I literally timed out in game one because <laughs> oh, I would click I would click OK and then about fifteen seconds would go by and then it would go through and I was like oh oh the horror and the amount of times you skipped your turn was just yes by accident oh I gotta lay off that I gotta lay off that six button. I watched you uh, lose a walking ballista to an F six. That was bad. <laughs> learned a le- we learned a lesson about that then. Uh, that was a we, thing. We most certainly did, didn't we? We, we did. All right. Uh, let's let's get into our next thing here. Um, the next ooh installation of sleeves and that. Let's go downtown. Visit downtown. Visit sleeves and that. We go yeah. Manny Brothers. Yeah, we'll get some permanies on the way. Uh, make sure you put your chair outside. Claim your parking spot. It is. It um, is cold. Sleeves in that. We're going to talk about binders. Specifically. The shitty one that I have. Yeah. It is the Game Genic. I, ha- I have it up here. It's in the Discord if you guys would like to look at it. It's the Game Genic Casual 18 Pocket. Yep. And... It was a buy out of necessity uh, when I got my second stimulus check, the $600 one or whatever they sent out to everybody. I said, I'm going to take this to the vault. I knew that they were having some troubles and I'm going to go blow it. I'm just going to go spend the whole thing. So I bought good stuff, play sets of this, this all, commander staples. And I went, I don't have a binder. Shit. So. <laughs> I turned around, grabbed the first one I saw because I was checking out, grabbed this Game Genic one, 
uh, in, according to my wife, uh, neon green. Yeah, I would say candy apple or, or baby. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I thought it was a good deal for the 16, 17 bucks I paid for it after tax. And it has given me nothing but problems since the cover feels very flimsy. Uh, it's just a very flimsy plastic. The inside is has three by three pockets, so nine cards per page, double sided. So, you know, one page actually holds like 18 cards if you put them in by themselves. Uh, but they they rip real easily. JT saw firsthand just pulling a card out ripped a sleeve. Uh, and I have a few ripped and I'm not being rough with it. I'm just trying to pull cards out and it rips. It was a good stopgap. I will I will give it that as a rating. It was a good stopgap. It protects my cards. They don't fall out other than the ripped ones. But I wish I would have taken like an extra 12 seconds to turn around and be like, spend three or four more dollars and get the nicer, like ultra pro ones like JT has. Well, there are some good game genic ones out there too. Mm -hmm. Um, The premium, the like the prime album is good. Yeah. Uh, What you're looking for is, let's see here. You're looking for, uh, probably you want to spend about $30, 25 to $30 on a binder. Yeah. Um, That means you won't have to buy a binder again for a while. Yeah. That's the nice thing. The so a good one, as we mentioned, the the prime album twenty four pocket from Game Genic, which is pretty similar to what Travis has. Yes, hmm. in size thirty thirty three dollars uh, MSRP. Um, comes with a, a strap, holds uh, an extra, th- you know, thirty three percent more cards over top of the one that you got. Yeah, uh, double the price, but also you're not going to need to buy a new one um, anytime soon. No. And, and the, more more importantly, the pockets themselves um, have a better material inside to actually protect your cards. Yeah, it's just a better product, hands down. Um, I think what we've all kind of come to realize is that, uh, and even the Zip Up album eighteen pocket from Game Genic is going to be a better thing. Um, like, and that's. Well, actually, why would you go for a zip up eighteen card pocket when? Okay, so I, you get the twenty four zip up as well. Yeah, it, the, it's just going to be about protecting your investment. That's the biggest thing. Uh, the zip up eighteen is thirty dollars, and the zip up uh, what was it? The zip up twenty four thirty three percent more card storage is three dollars. That's a ten percent cost increase for a thirty three percent size increase. That's a good freaking deal. Um, plus it still fits in backpacks. Travis, you don't have any problem with your uh, 24 sleeve binder, do you? No, not at all. Yeah, it fits and, great in backpacks. And looking down, it looks like you can actually add more pocket pages to it. Oh, no, that's a different one. That's a different one? I was just looking yeah. down at the bottom. It said related products. I was like, yeah, you just quickly scrolling through. But it, it, it looks like it's just made nicer material. Again, I paid I paid for what I got, but I still feel like I kind of bought a $10 product for 17, 18 bucks, you know? So yep. the game genic casual 18 pocket or the casual 24 pocket gets, gets a low grade a thumbs down pass on it unless you're desperate or something. But even at that case, just 
just take an extra don't don't do what i did and turn around and grab the first thing you see <laughs> go grab um, a better one yeah honestly ultra pro makes good ones uh, mm-hmm. ultimate guard i think they make some yeah um, but when you're going for a binder you don't want to go for the cheapest one on the shelf is what we figured out yes. you want to go mm-hmm. for a mid to higher quality product that way you don't buy it again and you don't end up with like ripping things in the middle yeah i mean because eventually you know as you play this game and collect you tear apart a deck that has dual lands in it well your dual lands are going to be in your binder we'll or fetch more, lands. more reasonable <laughs> yeah a more reasonable one would be even just shock lands are 20 bucks yeah depending on the shock land um that's a card that you want to protect better than a pocket that'll just rip out mm-hmm. uh when you're trying to take it out yeah that it, it it did really sad sadden me because I thought I had got a good deal, and then as it went on, and the, the thing's barely over a year old at this point, and it's starting to fall apart. I should maybe I should contact Gamegenic about that. Shame. Uh, but speaking of Gamegenic, if you haven't paid attention to Kickstarter or Reddit or Facebook, Gamegenic partnered with the, the professor. professor from Tolarian Academy on YouTube. To create mm-hmm. an all-in-one deck box, it's the Academic XL One Thirty Three Plus. Uh, I did join the Kickstarter. Okay. I was wondering if you did. I did. Um, so I we're be... up over one point eight million so Fact. far. Yes, see, that's awesome. Uh, when the professor hits two million, he starts a paper thing. Uh, what was it? Yeah, I haven't looked at it in a while. I have it right here. Hang on. If we hit 2 million backers, the professor will start a high-quality uh, in-paper uh, magic, ga- magic gameplay series. Ooh. Yep. Yes. Also, Zach, since you, you are a backer, you will get five exclusive Tolarian Merfolk t- tokens. Sweet. Oh. And um, you also get a numbered thank you card. Which... Yeah. Oh, and then you get the... Uh, oh, oh the, wow. Yeah. Okay, so when I looked this up earlier today, it was a little over 1.8 mil. Now yeah. it's over 1.9 mil. <laughs> uh, we only need $60,000 more to hit uh, to hit that uh, Professor Does a Paper series and 18 more days to do it. So we are definitely getting that. Yes. Which would be oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, professor seems like a pretty decent guy. Oh yeah, um, I met him at um, was it DC where I met him? I have no idea. I remember you met Saffron Olive at uh. I did Dagger. meet Saffron Olive. Super nice guy. Also, professor, super nice guy. Oh no, it was the uh the tournament where we did uh Jem did his popper, uh league, because that's why the professor was there to play the popper league. I believe is what it was. That makes sense. He does like popper a lot. Yes, he does. Yeah, I am. I am very impressed. I, I hope to be impressed by this product because it, it actually fits a need I didn't think I needed until I thought about it more. But we'll get into that when it shows up. I yeah. uh, I think it does too many things for it to be the right purchase for me. Um, but it does every single thing really well, and I think mm-hmm. that they that my personal opinion is that Game Genic should take the things that they learned in this design mm-hmm. and apply them. To every freaking deck box that they make, yes, upgrade their collection, and there will be no competition if they do that. Like, agreed. The professor put like a bajillion different features on this, and they're all good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it just doesn't fit what I want for a deck box. Understandable. I want like one. I want. I want these tray features on a smaller deck box. I want like I want the the collapse, the expandable size, the the dividers, things. I want those in a smaller deck box because I don't want three. I don't want to carry around a deck box that could hold like three decks in it for one yeah. deck. But that's me. It's um, understandable. Like when when you have like thirty four decks, like you do JT, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Because yeah. can you imagine carrying at least like six or seven of those things around? Uh, yeah, exactly. Which is why the boulders are great because they are the exact amount of cards that I need. And I, and then I carry around like one one higher end box for uh, for like competitive decks that include that includes dice for my any needs. And I just pull that out of the table and just hot swap the rest of the decks. Um, yeah, th- this is addressing a something i didn't know i wanted uh until i saw it and this is going to be my legacy deck box and i'll get into that more when i get my yeah, hands on it that'll be a, in a year from now <laughs> yeah whenever whenever it gets here um it, it'll yeah. it'll be i good. mean like it looks like a good product uh mm-hmm. it's just not quite for me like but we'll yeah hopefully they take yeah. some of the things that i learned in it and apply it to other deck boxes because that would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, you're gonna you're gonna have products like that. Mm-hmm. Not everything's for everybody, oh. but there's something out there for everybody. You just have to be willing to find it. Exactly. Not yeah, everything's exactly. about you, JT. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I heard somebody. Uh, there, there's an actual term for it, and it's there's no way to actually prove that other people in your life are actual conscious conscious people and i can't remember what it was but it was really interesting and then the one dude oh, the first comment no, no no it's it's like an actual term like how can i prove that you're actually you if that makes any sense but anyway um the one guy goes the first comment was dude so it's like we're all playing an mmo but like we're all npcs <laughs> uh made me laugh shut up that was funny Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I think that about covers everything that we had. Anyways, to close this out, Travis, what you got for us? Sala solipsism. Solipsism. That's what I got for you. It's the philosophical idea that only one's mind is sure to exist. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, not too much. I'm I'm excited about uh, I'm excited about the new. Um, uh, commander set coming out i'm super excited about command fest coming out we had one hell of a time when we went down and not uh, played um other than our airbnb getting flooded um and uh i'm excited for you know pretty much everything they have coming out in the future Baldur's gate's gonna be great um and uh shout out to mtgo for giving us full access on all these wonderful cards that i can build any deck i want with for so much appreciated yeah jt what do you got for us um so last night was my last night here at state college magic club and i had fun like i always do um here's to a great group of people uh, many of whom are listeners of ours and uh you guys have been great Uh, And I'm going to miss hanging out with you guys and playing magic with you.
Um, and I have the usual. Uh, actually, I have a new thing. Uh, if you are going to see it, you'll see a picture of it here in a couple of days. Uh, if you are at SCG Pittsburgh, uh, look for the three of us in red shirts that say Misplay Mondays. They will be here at the end of the week, hopefully, yeah. as long as everything goes well. So we'll have some red t-shirts on, nice uh, cardinal red, easy to see. And you can come say hi to us and uh, tell us if you listen. Super happy. We really like meeting or hoping to start to meet people who listen to us outside of our parents and uh, significant others. Uh, and thank you to our sole sponsor, Gingerbread Man Running Company, for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, shopgbm.com for all your running shoe needs. Yeah, well, guys, that's all I got fun. today. All right. N- on, next time we record, uh, JT will be in Cincinnati. Yes, I will. All right. You guys have a wonderful evening. All right. Rest bye, everyone. Day. Bye. bye.